So Steve, we've done this, we've been fortunate to have you uh, a few years in a row now, and it just seems like every time we have you on, Penn State and Iowa plays an absolute classic, an absolute thriller that comes down to the wire. So is there any reason to think that this year won't be exactly the same thing? No, absolutely not. These these are two teams that uh, seem to have a knack for finding a way to play close games. They're, they're built the same way in, in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, you know, start up front and uh, I was, you know, modus operandi a lot is, is, is to kind of keep games close and, and uh, try to find a way in the fourth quarter to, to have a chance to win. And, and certainly the last two games have come down to the last play. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that uh, to expect anything otherwise would, would be disappointing, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think so. So the question I need to start with is, Iowa comes off a very tough loss against a pretty darn good defense in Michigan led by Don Brown. And when you take Penn State and this defensive front that they bring into Kinnick Stadium, uh, are there any lessons that Nate Stanley may have learned against another talented front in Michigan that he's going to look to put into play this weekend? Well, there certainly better be. Uh, <laughs> because last Saturday was an awfully long day for Nate Stanley, but uh, – um, you know, Iowa's offensive line had, had held up pretty well. Uh, they've, they've had some injuries up front. Uh, they started the season with uh, uh, without two starters, uh, one of which came back last week, one of which has been back a couple of weeks now. But uh, uh, it's uh, it had been a fairly you know cohesive unit, and uh, all of a sudden uh, uh, there were some holes that popped up uh, created by Michigan. Uh, you know, I thought Michigan did a terrific job of, of kind of you know, disguising the blitz a little bit, the linebackers are lining up a little on the on the late side and, and uh, you know, really getting after it. And uh, Stanley, uh, you know, one of the things that, that he's got to be a little more cognizant of, he's got to get rid of the ball a little quicker. And, you know, those are some of the things they're working on this week. So it, it's, um, it's a collective thing. And, uh, you know, a little better blocking from some of their skill guys, that kind of thing as well. Uh, stuff that hadn't been a problem, and, and Michigan exposed it. And so the blueprint is out there now. They know they're certainly going to see it from Penn State because that's kind of what they do as well. Uh, and so they're they're looking at this game not unlike Michigan looked at, at the Iowa game. Uh, it, it's a quick chance uh, for a measuring stick. Uh, Michigan was trying to kind of right its ship following what happened to the Wolverines at Wisconsin a couple of weeks back. And and uh, they saw Iowa as kind of being a, a you know a, a mirror image of, of Badgers and and uh, you know this week uh, Iowa certainly uh, has a ton of respect for Penn State but a lot of it uh, has to do right now with the fact that they see a lot of Michigan in Penn State in terms of the way that they kind of attack things and and the aggression on defense and you know certainly a, a ton of respect for the for the numbers the sack numbers and the and the TFLs that, that the Nittany Lions are putting up, and uh, it's going to be another challenge, and I think it's probably going to be another pretty low-scoring game at Kinnick. One of the things that Iowa has been so talented at and difficult for other teams to defend in recent years has been the tight end position. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, both now have moved on to the NFL. Uh, this year, of all the touchdowns scored, not one has been by a tight end, Brandon Smith, one of the top receivers for Iowa, also a pretty deep wide receiver core compared to perhaps what we've seen in other years. How is Nate Stanley 
Kirk Ferentz and the offensive coaching staff adjusted to this change in personnel this year versus last? I think the one thing that Iowa has this year, they have, they have some receivers who've been around, whether it be Amir Smith-Marset, a Jersey kid, or uh, Brandon Smith, a kid out of Mississippi. Both of those guys are juniors. They're in their third year now of, of being in the offense. They had a couple of redshirt freshmen who who kind of come in as well. Both of them took advantage of the rule change a year ago, played in three or four games. Uh, Tyron Tracy uh, and, and Nico Regani are two guys that uh, have added a lot to, to Iowa's past game. And and they've got a freshman uh, running back who last weekend showed that he has a little ability, too, to catch the ball. And a kid by the name of Tyler Goodson out of the Atlanta area that uh, uh, is seeing some carries and, and right now is listed as their number three tailback. But he's certainly a capable receiver. And, you know, I think Stanley has adjusted well to, to kind of this, this – bit of a change in the offense. The, the starting tight end is, is a fifth-year senior kid by the by the name of Nate Whiting. He's been around for for you know five years now. Had a had a couple of surgeries, um, and he's one of those guys that's just kind of been there and and uh, you know was an understudy a year ago to two pretty productive players and waited his turn and and he, he's more of a blocker. Uh, that's always been his strength. He is capable as a receiver. He's he had a, a big catch in, in the Outback Bowl against Mississippi State. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a different look than maybe what Iowa's had the last couple of years. But, you know, Iowa's always been one of those programs that, that tends to play to its strengths. And uh, uh, they've been flexible enough on offense. They, going back to really Kirk's arrival and, you know, and, and prior to that, to, to, to Hayden Fry's belief, uh, you know, the old scratch where it itches, uh, mantra that he used to serve up on a regular, fairly regular basis. And it, uh, you know, this year, uh, Iowa has more receivers, more capable receivers. And, and so the passing game has grown a little bit and, and it's been a work in progress. And I think that that's, uh, it's been a, it's been a productive change for Iowa and something that, uh, um, I, I know that Brian Ferentz has waited a couple of years to have the personnel in place to, to, to move the ball through the air the way that they, they really probably would prefer to in some ways. Uh, we're going to flip to the other side of the ball here. Um, well, on defense, I think the headliners for Iowa are, um, excuse me if I'm saying his name incorrectly, but A.J. Epenzia and um, defensive Epinesa. 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 And, um, yeah. and and safety actually from uh, his defensive lineman, a junior. He's uh, thought to be a top pick in this coming NFL draft if everything goes according to plan. And then um, safety actually from Western Pennsylvania, Geno Stone, seem to be the the, uh, the cornerstones of this defense, um, as well as the other uh, defensive end. I believe his name is Goldston. Um, so those those three are the headliners that I'm, I'm picking up on for Iowa's defense. Um, Iowa's defense playing very well this year. Um, what, what do you think their attack, how are they going to stop Penn State's offense? What's their plan of attack? Obviously, two years ago, Saquon Barkley put on a show, uh, but Penn State, you know, struggled to win the game and, and ultimately won it on the last play of the game. And obviously there's no more Saquon Barkley this year as there was not last year. So but Penn State still has a very good offense, very young. I was wondering, um, you know, what you think Iowa's plan of attack to, to stop, slow down that Penn State offense will be on Saturday. You know, I, Iowa's defense uh, so far this season has been a fairly consistent look. They, they shifted a little bit last year to kind of a 4-2-5 look. Um, they, they've had a bunch of injuries in the secondary. 
the second, third, and fourth week of the season, uh, four of their top eight were, were sidelined with injuries. They're getting some of those guys back now. Um, you know, so eventually I think we're going to see a little more 4-2-5, which was anticipated going into the season. Uh, but they've been pretty much a 4-3 team. Um, and, you know, I, that's where things will start. I, I, I think with, uh, it certainly was the approach that they used against Michigan last week. Uh, it's it's the way Iowa defends. And, and they will continue to, to rotate a lot of bodies up front. Um, Epinesa, who was, who was the first team all Big Ten pick a year ago without starting a game, uh, is finally starting. But he's also part of a rotation now, too. And, and so what they're kind of doing is, is giving a, a, you know, the defense a chance to keep some fresh legs on the field. I think that's the lesson that Iowa learned a few years ago. Uh, the game had changed to a point that uh, uh, the best way to, to counter uh, some of the spread attacks that they were seeing was frankly to keep fresh bodies out there. And, and uh, so they've gone with a seven or eight player rotation on their front four. Uh, they're going to, they're going to attack you pretty straight up. And I mean, that's just the, the way that they approach defense. And, you know, the, the ultimate objective is, is to deny you in the red zone, which is it's an area where both Penn state and Iowa have been pretty effective offensively. Uh, but, uh, you know, defensively, both of those teams have obviously kept people out of the end zone, too. So, uh, you know, that's it, it's something that's worked for Iowa. Uh, the statistics maybe don't reflect it, but Iowa has been, you know, continued to be fairly aggressive. Epinesa doesn't have a ton of sacks right now. He's got two on the season. He had a little over 10. I think it was 10.5 last year. Um, but he's impacting games in other ways. People have, <clears throat> have double and triple teamed him. Uh, which has opened up some things for Golston on the other side. Uh, the other, uh, when they have taken him on one-on-one, he, he's been pretty effective at getting to the quarterback. And even some of those uh, two-on-one situations, he's, he's put himself in a position where he's, he's impacted decisions. And uh, I think he has five quarterback hurries at this point. And so, I mean, he, he may not be closing in and getting the sack, and uh, you know, that, but that's, uh, but he's still certainly influencing what's happening on the other side of the ball. What do you think um, from a Penn State perspective, what is the Iowa weak spot and, and where Penn State could really take advantage of, of the Iowa defense? I mean, we know they're good, but every defense has, has their weak spot um, uh, or a spot that's not of strength. So if you're Penn State, how are you looking to attack the Hawkeyes on Saturday? Yeah, I think you certainly have to look to the air. Uh, pe- people have, have tried to, to move the ball on the ground against Iowa and, and for the most part, it's it's been a struggle. Uh, Michigan uh, <clears throat> had one drive last week of 61 yards. Uh, they uh, ended up with uh, no more than uh, I think it's the the second longest one was 38 or 39 yards. Uh, they were able to score a field goal off of a, of a turnover um, inside the inside the 20. Uh, but uh, it, it's uh, you know moving the ball. Um, uh, on the ground has been a challenge for, for opponents against Iowa this season. And, uh, you know, I, I would suspect that what you'll see is you'll see, uh, uh, you know, Penn State try to attack through the air, and, and certainly they have the receiving talent to, to be able to do that. So what are folks saying about, and you're kind of discussing it a little bit, but about this Penn State team? I can tell you how the folks in State College are thinking about Iowa, a tough, gritty, hard-nosed team. They're not going to make it easy for Penn State uh, to move the football, the best team generally that Penn State's going to play 
uh, at least to this point in the season, and arguably the toughest venue, period, that Penn State will play now or at any point. That's what folks feel about Iowa and State College. How do folks in Iowa City feel about Penn State? Well, I can tell you that Kirk Ferentz yesterday told us that uh, – that the Penn State offense is the best offense that Iowa has seen so far this season. And I would concur with that. I mean, it, it certainly uh, – <clears throat> Michigan is, uh, you know, a solid football team, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. The offense has been a little sporadic at this point. Iowa State kind of the same way early in the season when Iowa went to Ames. Uh, you know, it was a situation there where, uh, you know, the Cyclones, I think, were, were still trying to kind of get their legs uh, under them in terms of, of figuring out – where their offense was going to come from. They were kind of rotating four or five backs at that point. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I think that they, uh, the Hawkeyes see Penn State as, as being, you know, uh, an extremely physical um, team and challenge, certainly from a defensive standpoint that, uh, uh, that you know, Iowa probably hasn't seen to, to this point in the season as well. And, uh, given the, the challenges that existed last week in moving the ball against Michigan, uh, the turnovers and the penalties, both very uncharacteristic of, of, of uh, Iowa football teams, uh, you know, I, I think that's where, where things start. You know, there's a ton of respect for the Penn State program in Iowa, and, uh, you know, some of that comes from Kirk's roots uh, in, in Pennsylvania and and just the respect that he has had for that program for, you know, since, since he was a, you know, a kid growing up and watching the uh, Penn State play. Uh, it's uh, you know it's been a good series, and and I think that that's uh, that's created some respect between between the two programs, and I think it's also led to uh, you know what we've seen play out the last couple of years, some very interesting football games, and and uh, I think that that's uh, you know that's uh, that's what you hope, and a lot of times these crossover games um, haven't you know there's not a lot of sexiness to them, and. And, and I think that uh, despite the fact that you've got a couple of, of, of somewhat old-school football programs in terms, of, in terms of the way they approach things, um, you know, this is, a, this, is a, this is a good fall, uh, you know, good fall battle between two, uh, two pretty solid programs. And I think that that's, uh, that's what Iowa people appreciate the most. They, they appreciate the competitive spirit uh, and the way that, uh, that both teams do it. I mean, it's, it's both done – you know, a fairly above board way in terms of uh, games are fairly cleanly played and, and, and hard fought. And uh, it's what you hope to see on a good Saturday. Steve Batterson with us here from the Quad City Times telling us all about the Hawkeyes. Okay, so it's going to be cold out there. It looks like it's not even going to hit 50. Windy, too, I believe. Windy, I uh, probably going to feel like it's in the 30s. Uh, fall heading towards winter weather in Iowa City. How do you think that affects the outcome of the game? And I am going to ask you for a prediction if you're okay with giving it. No, that's fine. I, um, yeah, it, we, we've moved from August weather to November. Uh, <laughs> at, least by, at least by Saturday we will. Uh, it, it was uh, mid-70s here today. But, yeah, the high on Saturday is predicted to be around 48 or 49 Ooh. with uh, temperatures falling into the 30s. Uh, uh, during the evening, and uh, the wind is, is going to be fairly brisk. So, um, yeah, it, it will have an impact. It, it's going to be that first uh, real chill, uh, and it's supposed to hit sometime on Friday around here with a, a little rain prior to it, but it'll be dry on Saturday night. Uh, it is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those uh, crisp nights uh, when the pads are meeting. So, 
uh, you know, there's some excitement about that. And, and I think people, this is a game people have been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, it's a, it's a sold out game. It's, it's, um, they call it their black and gold spirit game. It'll be the striped to look inside the stadium, uh, from one section to the next, uh, um, the, uh, 19, excuse me, the 2000 and, and, uh, 18 that, um, 2009 team that uh, won the Orange Bowl is, is holding a reunion uh, this weekend as well. So there'll be a lot of former players back. There'll be a ton of recruits in the house. This is uh, their biggest recruiting weekend of, of the season. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it'll be a typical night atmosphere at Kinnick Stadium, which uh, is something that they've, they've uh, you know, tried to build a, a time or two during the course of the season. And it's, It'll be a special evening. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, much like the game we saw a couple of years ago uh, at Kinnick. And and I, I, this one, I, for whatever reason, I just think maybe this one is going to be decided by somebody's leg. Um, and and I've got, uh, you know, obviously you've got uh, an Iowa native uh, kicking for the Nittany Lions, uh, so he, he should be used to this weather as well. It's the uh, I've been to Ankeny a few times, and it's not any warmer there than it will be in Iowa City <laughs> on, on Saturday. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, Keith Duncan is is a kid who, who beat Michigan at home, seems to find a way to kind of rise to the occasion. It was his leg that lifted Iowa past Iowa State a few weeks ago. And, you know, I, I see this being probably a, a 17-16 type of game, and, and you know, I, I'm probably going to, at this point, probably go with the home team just because uh, I, I think maybe they're due. Uh, and, and I think this will be Penn State's, as you alluded to, this will be Penn State's toughest road test to date. And, and uh, with the first-year quarterback uh, as a starter, as, as terrific of a job as, as Clifford is doing, uh, at some point you're going to get tested away from home. And, and uh, I, I think they're going to find a, a pretty uh, a pretty irritated Iowa football team when they get here, given what transpired in, in Ann Arbor last weekend. Well, I'll tell you, in 2016, it was an early November weekend when Iowa got beat badly on the road by Penn State, had people in Iowa City kind of questioning things. Then they host Michigan the next weekend and win on that aforementioned field goal, 14-13. to 13. This time around, it's a road test for Iowa against Michigan that has people reeling in Iowa City and kind of questioning things, and now they're going to host Penn State. So roles reversed, perhaps a similar trajectory. Steve, we appreciate the thoughts and the commentary. You've been a great guest over all the years, and we hope uh, for the opportunity to talk to you again soon. Hey, my, my pleasure. Anytime, guys. All right. Enjoy that football game. Stay warm, and, uh, and have a great rest of your evening here. I'll have to find a coach, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's time. It's not getting any warmer. Thanks again, Steve. You bet. Take care. See ya. There it is, Steve Batterson. Good to hear from Steve. Steve's always been a great guest of ours here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report, and I think a lot to think about.